Revelation, chapter 1, verses 4 to 8. <coughs> Greetings and doxology. John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits before his throne and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. This is the word of the Lord. I thought this would be uh, a good occasion to talk about a king. So what is a king? What does he look like? Well, yesterday we saw a good example. He had a crown and he had robes and he has a throne. Would you recognise a king in the street? Especially without all the trappings. Can you tell a king by the way he behaves? In the past and the present, kings, emperors and sultans have behaved very badly. History shows us that many have been evil and corrupt and they have huge armies with which to wage wars on each other. In the olden days, some might remember, they were accountable to no one. What they said was the law, but they were adored by common people, but their time as king was never permanent. They might be beaten in battle or killed in battle or thrown into prison or uh, had to abdicate until the next king came along. Most recently, our kingship or queenship has evolved with very few retaining absolute power as democracy has taken over. Politics has taken over the running of the country and the monarch has more to do with national duties and diplomatic functions. Just a few weeks ago, we celebrated Easter and uh, just before um, Good Friday, well, actually on Good Friday, Jesus was brought before Pilate and Pilate had a bit of a problem because the Jewish authorities had said that Jesus claimed to be a king. But here was the problem. He didn't look like a king. There were no rich robes. He looked poor. 
He had no armies waiting outside the city walls with clubs and spears and swords. And his few followers had run away. So Pilate asked, are you the king of the Jews? But Jesus is not your typical king. He doesn't rule by power or might. He's not a tyrant. His authority is different. Was his life on earth even important? He wrote no books, composed no songs. He had no statues built of him. He drew no pictures. He wasn't wealthy. He commanded no physical armies. He ruled no nation. But his story has become the all-time bestseller. He is the hero of countless books sold worldwide. He wrote no songs, but he put music into the hearts of millions. He never ran a multinational company, but is the foundation of the church that bears his name. He refused the kingdoms of the world, but has become Lord to millions. He died a shameful death on the cross, which barely caused a ripple at the time. But over the years of history, he created a tidal wave of love. The irony is that our King Jesus is without doubt the most influential king in history, but not by worldly standards. His greatness fills the universe through his self-giving love while dying on the cross. John is writing Revelation as an encouragement to the seven churches who are suffering persecution and many difficulties. He seeks to emphasise who Jesus is and what he has done. Often when people are persecuted and face hard times, there's a tendency to turn away from God and forget that God is still the ultimate ruler in history. Our God is in control. John talks of God as him who is and who was and who is to come. And I am the Alpha and the Omega. Our God is the God of past, present and future. Jesus is king and reigns forever because he's God's faithful witness in verse 5. He is the firstborn among the dead, the ruler of the kings of the earth because he died, was resurrected and has the power and authority over earthly kings because of it. The churches John is writing to felt weak and vulnerable because of the persecution and suffering, but John encourages them with his message of hope. Verse 5b, we are loved unconditionally thanks to Jesus our King. We are set free because of what he did on the cross, conquering the powers of sin, death and evil. We are subjects of his kingdom, which is eternal, starting now 
but continuing forever. We have been given direct access to God because we are now priests, thanks to the saving work of Jesus on the cross. John says this is how we find our identity in Jesus. We belong to a kingdom where Jesus sets the standards. Well, what are those standards that we need to live by? As followers of Jesus, we are called to be his presence in the world, his body, his mouth, hands and feet. Our calling is to be the bearers of unconditional, selfless love, turning enemies into friends, reaching out to those who are the most difficult to love, disciples of peace in a world of hostility and war. Beacons of hope to the hopeless, offering encouragement to one another, to strangers and neighbours. Messengers of joy, celebrating Jesus within and amongst us, and sharing that joy with sorrowful, depressed and hurting people. These are the standards and values that we must follow as subjects of Christ our King. Amen. Now, where are my royal robes? <laughs> and now uh, a song uh, 